This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. Tyson here. And of course, AL. And today, our guest, Rodney Ahenkin, international businessman, Christian artist, and fashion forward trend stylist. This, 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 is, this, is, this is Diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Rodney, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. What an introduction. I'm feeling a bit shy now. (laughs) Don't clam up now. I know you got a lot to give. (laughs) Trying, trying. And and Rodney, I'm going to give a little backstory for those um, who are just tuning in and for the guys, Tyson and AL. So Rodney, um, well, I think it was after I wrote my book in the Christian industry, um, my thing is international music. And I got a, a, a brother from Australia who's a brother from another mother, RJB. I met him decades ago. And I was looking for Australian artists. And I'm like, I'm like, Ryan, like, who are the Australian folks? You over there with Rodney Jerkins and all this. And I keep searching, I keep searching, and I find Rodney stuff, dreadlocks fashion forward, doing his own thing. But from that, now he's on a whole nother level um, of Forex. And he had told me, what, you know, that he was getting in and he was teaching people. And I was like, wow, okay, that, that, that's awesome. I said, I played around with it. But being an Oakland Raider fan, we don't gamble um, for long. And so <laughs> I, I've seen Rodney, I, I've seen Rodney come up to the point where I remember when Rodney was like, Kellen, I'm never going to quit my job working with these kids because he loved that. And that's something we share because I love working with kids too. But once you start making a certain amount of money, you see avenues, you can do other things with that money and working with you and, and bigger avenues. So I saw the progression and Rodney, I just want you to tell everybody, give an intro of yourself in case I just, you know, made a mistake or if I said too much, tell me to shut up. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm actually surprised that you remembered so much because uh, we started talking years ago. Um, and, and so I was just like, oh, wow, he remembers all of that. Uh, and so, yeah, as, as Cullen was saying, I was in Australia and um, I was a youth pastor and I was also working in the, the disability field. So I was helping uh, disabled youth uh, and those who had mental illnesses uh, from the you know autism spectrum all the way through to multiple uh, personality disorders and, and all of that stuff. And uh, it, it got to a point where when I was in Australia, I was becoming a bit discontent. 
and I was doing everything. I mean, professional wrestling, I've done that. Uh, gospel right. music, I've done that. Uh, preaching, I'm doing that. Um, and then a, a lot of things just started to, to shift with me. And uh, my ideology of church and Christianity started to change. And I was starting to challenge what was deemed, uh, I guess, the status quo. Uh, and no, nothing was questioned. And it, it kind of led me to think that, hey, there's something missing in everything that we're doing. The church is so inward focused, but there are people out there that need our help. Uh, and so I decided after serving in church for nearly um, 18, 19 years that I was kind of done with the system and I wanted to try and go outside and, and, and bring the church to an, an outer level. Uh, and so the best medium for that was I wasn't going to be like a missionary uh, that would just preach and say, God is good. But meanwhile, the person is hungry. I wanted to say God is good and back up with action. And so I encountered Forex and I was on a long two year journey mastering how to trade on a financial market. I've got no economic background. I didn't go to school for any of that, um, but I just saw, you know, unique patterns. And I said, you know what, uh, after my fiance left me, took all my money, it was a fresh start. It was like, okay, well, I have to make this work because I'm already in debt based on what happened in the past. Right. And on top of that, I wanted to help people in the process. So last year i actually i took a flight to africa i've been to several parts of africa now and i'm pretty much basing in ghana uh, you know where my parents are from uh, i'm yeah. a ghana national you could say and i'm just teaching them how to trade forex and uh it's it's a wow. slow process but you know it's it's slowly slowly getting there all right I like that. So, so, so for those um, that may not be familiar with uh, Forex, uh, Ronnie, can you kind of give a, like an overview of what Forex is and, you know, how, how, how you got introduced to it, that sort of thing? Okay, cool. Uh, well, Forex is pretty much an exchange between two currencies. And uh, normally right. you have it through a few mediums. Now, if you're from Africa or you're from any, inter, uh, any third world, uh, they rely on Forex a lot because they have family or other associates that are overseas. And so when you send money and you go to Western Union or RIA, they exchange that maybe US dollar or Australian dollar to the local currency. And so that's one way of trading Forex. Another way is that if you travel uh, and you want to exchange your dollars into the local currency, that's another medium of exchange. However, the one I do is simply getting my money and investing into the strengths and weaknesses of different currencies. So I can mm -hmm. have an overview and say, you know what, the, I feel like the U.S. dollar is going to be weak. And so I'm going to sell off my investment of my U.S. dollar and invest it into, for example, the British pound. And so how I got introduced to that was it was a distraction from suicide. Mm -hmm. After my split from my fiance, where she took all my money, it was kind of like, OK, well, the breakup was in public and. Uh, you know, people were talking and I, I lost all my preaching appointments and wow. me and the pastor at the time were at odds and, and all of these things were happening. So I felt like there was no other choice but to uh, commit suicide. And I remember my ex-fiance telling me that the, the, one of the reasons why she left was because she doesn't see me as a big time preacher. And if I'm not going to be a big time preacher and I want to be in ministry, how, she, how am I going to take care of her and her son? Wow. So she felt like wow. she wanted to get out now. And yeah, so I was taking care of her child and she wants to get out now and leave me behind. And so around the time I was thinking about committing suicide, there was actually a YouTube ad 
that came on speaking about how you can make money from your smartphone. Now, I was a skeptic like everybody else because how many opportunities have we heard where people invest and they get scammed? But yeah. this was more or less learning how to do the thing yourself instead of getting other people to do it for you. So I, I took the time to start studying it and I realized that the more I studied it, the less I actually thought about killing myself. So it became one of those things where God, maybe this is a sign and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this, but if this doesn't work, then me mm. and you are going to have issues. Yeah. <laughs> it it, it, it kind of started from that, but I didn't expect it to be uh, the revolution it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes you have to use your bad situations for the greater good. And I'm glad I'm in this situation now to be able to live my best life. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So now when it comes to, um, you know, implementing Forex in your own life and, and obviously getting to that point, you had to go through, uh, uh, soul searching and rebuilding of self. Um, how did you, I mean, learning to rebuild yourself while learning Forex at the same time seems like uh, double down on duty. Um, how do you, how do you stay focused through that? Who were some of the people you paid attention to, um, through your learning process? Um, I, I, I felt like I lost myself. I feel like I am who I've always wanted to be right now. Hmm. Um, and it took coming to Africa for me to realize what is really important in life and how to really truly appreciate life. You know, when they're doing charity ads of saying these guys living $2 a day, that stuff is real. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm able to trade Forex and I'm making just $50 a day or $50 a week, I'm living above the average income in, in Ghana. So it's pretty crazy. Um, and so going from, this is a thing that distracted me from committing suicide to this can be an opportunity to change lives to, people contacting me left and right. And it's kind of weird because as I was rebuilding myself, I had a whole bunch of people that were relying on me to rebuild them. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like I was healing through their healing. And um, weird now, uh, weird to say it now, but that's how it kind of was. One person led to six, six people led to 15, 15 led to 40, and then it was 200. Uh, Now it's over a thousand. And it's kind of like, you know what, my joy was never in myself, but my joy was actually coming to terms with the fact that I am useful to God and that mm-hmm. what I was thinking about my calling wasn't, uh, wasn't blasphemous. It was actually God-ordained. And so mm-hmm. I think seeing the joy of people's faces now um, really reminds myself that, hey, you know, you have to go through fire to really be able to do that. Uh, I had friends that helped me through. I had a, another pastor who, who saw my story, who'd known me since I was a child and said, look, I'll help you rehabilitate and I'll be your support unit. But whatever God has in your heart for you to do, when the time comes, do it. And we have, we will give you the full support. And so it really took that to, to really say, okay, it's okay. That the church hasn't fully abandoned me. Um, because it was a really, really messy time where the former pastor pretty much told the church to stop communicating with me. And if they did, it would be a curse upon their life. Uh, Uh And you know how the church movement can be sort of occultic at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was where my disconnect was. So really going through the wilderness stage and being in the lonely stage was actually a good thing because if I had to rely on people for my rehabilitation, I don't think I'll be as financially strong or as mentally strong as I am now. 
Well, Rodney, talk about mentally strong, and I'm I'm gonna go kind of like a sidebar. Talk about the fashion real quick because you've always been up on the fashion game, and it was the music and then the fashion. And if you guys ever check out um, I am Rodney Hinkin on the um, Instagram, you'll see what I'm talking about. And and Rodney's not like you're not no slender dude, you know. Mm-hmm. You're like me in the 200 pound club. Um, oh, so, close to three, it, close to three, brother. Don't 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 compliment oh, me like that. Oh He's man, close to three. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> they like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk, talk about the fashion, and I want to include because in the West, you know, Terry Crews just came out with like a, 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 a they called it a purse. But in Africa, you know, that's the money bag. And you got the, I think it's the, you know, the, the Gucci money bag. And I don't know how much, you, it might be, you know, 10000 20000 a million in there. But talk about the fashion and also kind of the differences because what the West sees kind of as feminine in Africa, that stuff really doesn't matter. A guy can have a pink backpack, be walking down the street, and you know that, you know, it doesn't mean what it could mean in a place like where I live in Seattle. Yeah, I think the first world has become too too cynical. Um, they're, they're quick to judge. And I think social media is a big proponent of that. I can speak like that because I'm technically from that, that world where everything mm-hmm. you see, you just judge straight away. Um, mm-hmm. But over here, as time goes on, it becomes more of a heart thing, you know? And um, uh, there's a sense of community. But the one thing I, I thought when I got to, to Ghana, especially, uh, even though they'll forever look at me as a foreigner, they do treat me like I'm one of their own. And mm-hmm. I, I know that kind of hit hard for us colored brothers because no, no matter where you are in the world, they're always going to see you as a black man. Mm-hmm. And so I felt that sense of family and that sense of connection in Africa. The fashion stuff doesn't really matter. You can get a Gucci bag and it's literally $5 here. There is so much imitation stuff, but they're really good at what they do that you wouldn't even notice or care. I'm not even ashamed to even say it because it's not really about the fashion life like we, we do we do in the first world. It's really about surviving. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're carrying a pink bag. I care about getting my $2 so I can get a decent meal for me and my family. You know what I mean? The fashion thing, though, was... Something where, I mean, Kellen, you've seen me for a while. I had dreads. I've done all these other things. Now I've grown my beard out and, you know, dyed my hair and all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, the message is just clear with that. And that is we traditionalists, it doesn't matter if you're a culturalist or you're a religious person, place so much emphasis on appearance to the point where your spirituality is tied to what you wear. And it's an absolute joke. And so I wear outlandish things and do and, and do my hair all sorts because I'm showing people that God can still use anybody and your depiction of anointing is not the same as the people in the Bible. And mm-hmm. the funny thing about this is that people are so far removed what's, from what's in the Bible that they have no clue what they're talking about. For example, most of the big time people in the Bible were black people. I don't care what anybody says. Jesus Christ mm-hmm. is a black person. I don't care what anybody says. No one's going to convince me today that he had blonde hair and blue eyes. And, and so when you look back and you find that even scientists are now saying that Adam was a black person, Abraham was a black person. They're saying that David was an albino. They're saying that Solomon is a black person. It really comes to know that, hey, we have a, a big part of history that the oppressor doesn't want us to know. 
And I feel like we've been oppressed for so many centuries is because they know what we have that we don't know what we have. Mm. And so they've used what we've lusted after uh, to our disadvantage. And um, when you really look at it, the whole appearance thing doesn't matter because someone like David, Christians say blindly, oh, I want to dance like David did and I want Abraham's blessings. Well, fact check, Abraham was a black magician. He was into voodoo. His family was in. So if you really want to follow Abraham, you have, you've got to check his history. Mm-hmm. Abraham married his sister. So if you really want Abraham's blessings, know what the dude went through. Right. David took someone else's wife, got the husband, put him in the middle of the battleground, got the man killed, had, had slept with the wife, and right. the wife was pregnant by him. But everyone wants to dance like David did, right? So right. don't tell me your perception of who you idolize in the Bible uh, is super clean when these guys were all flawed and God is showing the picture that I don't care how flawed they are. I'm using them. So my whole demeanor, my whole being at the moment is that, look, I don't care how you judge me. Trust me in Ghana. If you have a beard, you're looked at as someone thuggish. If you've dyed your hair, all sorts of things, when you go to the bank, they're going to ask you four or five times where you got the money from. Mm-hmm. There's just those reactions. But at the end of the day, it's what you do with those reactions. And I make it very, very clear. Every time I go out, I always tip the taxi driver an extra $2 and you should see how they cry. It's just like, okay, it's just $2, but because they're used to rationing their meals to be able to get that extra sense of love and attention, that is what I believe God wants. God wants a very, very practical Christianity. And it doesn't matter what belief system you have at the end of the end of the day. If you're, uh, if you're in Islam, Islam is all about peace. You're meant to show love to thy brother or thy sister. So it's all about being a brother, sister, or keeper. And I believe that religion has been so superficial um, that we have to kind of break that mold. And it's going to take time, but people are slowly waking up to the new reality. Sorry, I talk a lot. I'm a preacher, so you can tell. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, that, that's fine. <laughs> hey, when you when you have a message to share, you got to gotta get that uh, off the chest yeah, yeah. or off the, be- off the beard, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Um, okay. So we, we see that you're kind of, you, you're breaking the mold and showing that, uh, you know, anyone can be, anyone can be used. Anyone can be anointed type of thing. Right. And you brought up the fact that a lot of people want to, you know, everybody want to go to heaven. Don't nobody want to die type of thing. Like know what people went through to get to where they are. Don't just take the end result. Right. Um, yeah. And so now you, you obviously shared a lot of what you went through, um, you know, figuring out Forex, you share the fashion side. And now what got you to the Christian rap side? Tell us about uh, that. I mean, I, I was I was doing Christian rap in a time where church was still saying that that rap is the devil's music. Uh, mm-hmm. This was when Lecrae, before Lecrae even blew up, it was he was on mm-hmm. the cusp, you know what I mean? So Mm-hmm. Um, I, being in the youth, um, and I guess being a Ghanaian, we're, we're very cultural when it comes to church, and we believe that certain music doesn't belong. And mm-hmm. at the same token, they kept complaining that youth are not connecting to the church. So I'm looking around, I'm like, hello? Well, you're ostracizing something that is a big part of our social culture. Why not mm-hmm. integrate that to say that, you know what? You can be a Christian and you can rap. You can be a Christian, you can sing metal music, you can be a Christian and praise God through whatever medium. And guess what? It's mm-hmm. a sign of being able to evangelize too. And right. th- like I said, that's where my disconnect with the church comes from because they like their hymns and like their old school songs. Um, but 
there is a big gap between the youth and the last generation. And now the last generation are looking around saying, okay, who's going to be our successor? But most of the kids that they're looking to succeed them are in the club. So mm -hmm. I told them, why are they in the club? Nine times out of 10 is not to hook up. That's mm -hmm. a bad misconception. It's because of the music. It's because of the atmosphere. And right. I keep telling church that you're going to continue losing your youth to the nightclub because at least the nightclub has got something right. What do mm. I mean? Well, the DJ is the central point of focus, but he's not the only point of focus. The DJ is controlling your tone to create a serene atmosphere. That serene atmosphere allows you to be yourself. You don't come to the nightclub and you're going to be worried about being judged. You're coming to a place with like-minded individuals and you may form relationships there. In the church, you can't do that. You are judged upon what you wear, where you sit, how you even sit, how you even worship, how high your hand was raised when um, the, the worship was going on, how much you put right. in the offering. And so people don't want to come into that. People right. want to come into a place where they're going to come in. They're not going to feel judged. They're going to feel okay. They can open up to people that don't know, form friendships. And then from there, it continues to grow. And until the church realizes that that's what they're missing, the youth are, are, are not going to be feeling with the way church is running. I'm not so, saying make church a rap concert, but yeah. identify that um, when, when, you're, when you're running a church, you have to look at a couple of aspects. You have to look at the vicinity that you're in, the demographic that you're reaching out to. If you want youth to succeed you, then you need a youth-orientated church to be able to do that. Right. You can't get a church of people who are 50 or 60 plus and say, okay, where are the youth? No, it's <laughs> not going to work like that. So that, that is where I, I kind of try and challenge that mold. And mm -hmm. it, it got to a point where a lot of churches in Australia weren't really doing that. But now that I'm doing my thing in Forex and it looks like I'm traveling the world and living my best life, that mm -hmm. is where I'm getting phone calls. And mm -hmm. I told them, right. like, there are so many things the church can do. Stop calling for building funds because the pastor's making a lot of money. They're driving nice cars, but the congregation are, are, are so hungry that they didn't get anything. I've mm -hmm. never seen a pastor to this day say, you know what? We're going to do an altar call right now. And if you don't have money to pay your rent this week, come forward. Come forward. Right. Man, mm -hmm. that would make a huge difference in the, in, in the kingdom. But people are just thinking, I want to build the best castle. I want to build the best church. And you know what? All this is going to fade away anyway. Jesus says that if you take care of the least of me, you have done great things in the kingdom. And the least are the people in church who are hungry. So why can't we just say, you know what? Here is $50. Take that for your bus. Here is $100. It's not enough, but at least put it towards your rent or your utilities or something like that. Until right. we get that connection with our people, it's going to fall flat. So, and... And you bring up uh, a great point about like communicating and, and reaching the right people um, or reaching the people you want to reach. And it uh, it always pains me a little bit when I when I do speak to different churches or people that are religious or spiritual or however they want to call it. Um, and they say like, oh, you can't you don't go there. That's where these type of people go. Yeah. And I'm always yeah. well, isn't that like if you're the messenger, like, shouldn't that be where you go to deliver the message? Last I heard. Jesus yeah. went places where where the people actually needed him or the people that he actually exactly. needed to reach. He spoke their language. He spoke in parables, things that they could connect with in order to deliver the message, to then bring them back um, to create discipleship and to create a community, right? Like he didn't go, oh no, I'm sorry. I can't go where the lepers are. Like we're good. Like, <laughs> you know, like Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that that's great that you're actually walking in that same spirit. Right. Um, and I, I feel like that that's the spirit that uh, humanity needs. Forget and not saying forget religion, but uh, forget that being the main point. But that's what humanity needs. We need to reach the people where they're at and deal with each other where they're currently at, right? Because someone can only move at the level of their understanding. So if you want to help someone, you have to meet them at their level under, of understanding and you have to kind of educate mm-hmm. them up, level them up in order to, yeah. to, to press them. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's just right. my piece, you know? Yeah. Often I get criticized for my move because I, I've, I've shed the image of being churchy and being more a villain. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, think I'm against Christianity, but I'm not. I'm just against the system. And right. I, all, I always tell believers that you quote, what would Jesus do? But point out one place that he did a miracle in the temple. Did Jesus ever you do can. miracles? In the you can, but he was you, coming you, over tables and... Right. He was coming over tables and whipping people in the temple. He was doing miracles on the street. Right. So if you're saying, what would Jesus mm-hmm. do? We'd be outward focused. That's why I just said, you know what? I'm doing a whole 180 and I'm going to be of God, but I'm not going to be churchy anymore. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I dig it. I dig it. Well, dig well it. you know, and, and a lot of this, a lot of this comes from uh, the elders who don't get it. They didn't get Uber. They don't get Airbnb. They didn't get Forex and they didn't get cryptocurrency into all those things. They thought those things would fail. They're just now getting Facebook, Kellen. They're just now getting Facebook. Yeah, and and that's why they need to take a seat. But we also need to take a lesson and be like, when we're that age, God willing, we do not act like that. But, Rodney, I want you to talk about crypto and Forex. I know there's some brokers that accept, you know, the different cryptocurrencies. But I just came back from Malta last month, and I just love how crypto-friendly they are and gaming-friendly. And Tyson and AL together are going to make me an owner of a game. We're going to have one as a podcast as well, a team. Mm-hmm. But those awesome. those guys are heavy into gaming. So can you talk about the Forex and the crypto relationship? Because this is Babylon we're living in. And, I, you know, I'm trying to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Definitely. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think our whole foundation of civilization is built on trading. And I don't get why people just don't think, right? Back in the day, if you wanted iron bars, you would trade in cement to get those iron bars. That was a form of exchange. You know what I mean? Like right. Queen of Sheba wanted wisdom from Solomon. She realized she had to do an exchange to be able to get it. So she gave all her riches to be able to sit at the feet of Solomon to be able to get something. God himself is a trader. In order for us to live, someone had to die. So that was the, the, our foundation of civilization. You find throughout the Bible, trading is actually talk, talked about. Ecclesiastes 11.2, right. Solomon says, invest in five or six different places. You know, someday you'll, you'll yield a return. Jesus even spoke about the parable of the talents, where a master gave talents to servants and each had to go and trade. The Bible actually said, the master says, go and trade with these things. Mm-hmm. And so people are worried about saving, where saving is not even biblical at all. Jesus wants mm-hmm. us to invest. God wants us to be investors. He wants us to return to him as a return on his investment. And right. so it's good countries are waking up. And now the, the misconception with cryptocurrency is that cryptocurrency is not uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's not a currency. I'm going to say it's an asset. Mm -hmm. Okay, like a stock. Okay, and countries like uh, Venezuela and, like you said, Malta have really adopted these things because there is no middleman to be able to manipulate price. Okay, and um, the the banking system is it's never going to go away, but it's 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 created something um, that is causing problems. For example, if you're in Ghana, and just say you've saved the equivalent of five thousand dollars, and you go to the bank today and say you want to withdraw all your money you are not going to be able to do that. Mm. No chance at all. And so that is why a lot of third, third world countries are adopting cryptocurrency because it's a faster way to be able to get your asset. Uh, it's a faster way to be able to liquidize your asset without banks getting involved. And you can also live your life accordingly. Uh, that's why Venezuela, for the longest time, hasn't really had a currency, but Bitcoin has been able to keep the country afloat for a time. Mm. And so I believe if people just get over these misconceptions about Forex, and cryptocurrency, they'll be okay. The issue is that people have put themselves in like Ponzi schemes mm -hmm. and they've associated those Ponzi schemes to the actual thing itself. If you're right. going to get your whole life savings and rely on someone to invest for you, promising unrealistic returns every single month, well, that is your own fault for not doing research because the banks only give you a small percent every year. But if you have the right. power to do that yourself, you can make a living for a lifetime. So it's not the Forex vehicle, the cryptocurrency vehicle that's evil. It's there, there are Ponzi schemes that are, are, are targeting the vulnerable to try and get rich quick overnight. And I believe it's our job to really slow the people down. That's, it's really been my mission in Africa. They want quick money and some of them don't even want to work for it. And I have to slow them down and say, you know what? You are willing to work 30 days without getting paid, knowing that you get paid once a month. Mm -hmm. So you need to slow down and learn to invest and get that 2% a day, get that 5% a day, because that will then help you yield a lot of return. So the only thing you can do is really help change their mindset because people are always going to have their perception for whatever it is. But if you're a living proof and you have living proofs around you, then, then things, things, things won't stay skeptical forever. I remember I had a guy that had an $8 account. Hear this, right? Uh, $8 in his account. He had... Uh, had a lot of he had a lot more, but he blew the account down and he didn't know what to do. And then he took a couple of classes with me. And so from the 11th of January, he's been slowly building up his $8 account. And so uh, last week or so, it was Valentine's last week or two weeks ago, uh, he showed me his account balance. It was at $1,300. Okay. And I told him that where else can you make that kind of money in the third world without having to sell drugs or go to a mm -hmm. witch doctor to ask for power? Right. For it right? But you need to be able to be educated to be able to do those, those sort of things. Uh, and so what uh, I'm planning on doing is I'm actually building up a few schools, Forex institutions around Africa, uh, to really enlighten them about the power of what Forex can do and how you can start with something as little as $10. And over time, two or three months, you'll be actually earning more than the average income of your country. Uh, and so it's wow. been working for 300 or so people that I've been mentoring closely and now they're spreading the word while I'm building the school, starting off in Ghana, then to Nigeria, then spreading all out throughout Africa. Nice. nice. Tell people yeah. with the investment, tell people about the investment <laughs> amount, because I remember, you know, when you started and we had a conversation and it's just like us when we do PR consulting and that's what Tyson and AL, we're all experts in, in those fields and we all have our specialty. But when you tell 
people, especially black people worldwide, mm-hmm. first you got to invest in yourself. And like you said, you know, you guys will go out there and work for 30 days for free. Some people will say, hey, you sound like a pimp. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm telling you to invest in yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. And I'm trying to tell you how to turn it around. Can you talk about your experience with that and also how, where people can go online and what type of money they should invest? Because some people, and I'm one of those, when you told me, I said, hey, Rodney, can I just give you some money and you invest it? And you're like, that's not the system that you're running. You want people right. to invest and take the time out of themselves which is it's a beautiful thing to, to, to do that. Um, so, you know, talk about that a little bit so people can know when they hit you up, it is going to take some initial monies and what that will look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the first step, um, now I have an independent mentorship program. So I mentor people for like 50 bucks a month. It's, it's cheap mm-hmm. as chips, right? right and right. the reason why people have to pay is because that has to show some form of commitment. Nothing you get right. for your value. So... That's how we start. But the knowledge is very, very important. Now, I didn't have a mentor in Forex. I was learning everything on my own. And I believe if I had a mentor, it wouldn't have taken me two years to reach the peak that I'm at. You get what I mean? My job as a mentor is to make you achieve my results in a fraction of the time because I'm making you not make the same mistakes I did. Now, generally, in the first world, sorry, uh, am I cut off or can you still No, no, you're you're great. You're great. Someone just called my line. Um, I have a delivery coming. Uh, But in the first world, I normally tell people, start with a minimum of $200. And that's because um, $200 is what we can afford. Right. You get what I mean? Uh, $200 is like nothing. We can go through $200 in a day. However, with with, with the average African, okay, I have to use the term average, they can't afford $200. You get what I mean? Yep. So I tell them, start with 50. Okay. Start with 20. Start with 10. But understand this. If you're going to start with a $10 account, don't expect it to turn to $100 overnight. Obviously, right. the more money you have, the more money you'll be able to yield on your return. But you have to kind of break that down to people because people see online trading and they think riches. And I blame the industry for doing that because all these six-figure millionaires are... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. flaunting their lifestyle and saying, you can be like me if you wanted to. And sorry, guys, let me just um, take this call real quick. Sorry. Mm. Hello? Boss, Boss let me say, bro, exhibition yeah. Exhibition yeah. down. Exhibition yeah, yeah, down. I, I'm just, I want to let you know that I'm coming. I'm probably coming. Okay, okay. I'm in an interview. You're disrupting the interview. Okay, okay. So I'm coming down. Okay, right. thank you. Sorry, I'm not sure. You guys there? Uh, yeah, 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 we're here. Uh, All right, cool. Um, it takes it takes time to really, really invest, and these guys are flaunting in their boats, which they probably leased, and cars that they probably leased, and these mansions that they've also leased. And so people have this perception that, oh, if I get in and I start investing, that's going to be me tomorrow, and that's not the case at all. Right. Um, it all comes down to how much you're willing to invest. And I did an exercise with my students in Zimbabwe. So about three months ago, I was in Zimbabwe. And I said, you don't need a million dollars in your account. You need a million dollar mind. You need to be able to say that, you know what, through Christ, I can do all things. And so a lot of them were saying, well, I have $300. And if I want to get to a thousand, it's going to take me a long, long time. 
So I said, well, your mindset is wrong. That is why you're, you're not making the results that you want to make. So live right in front of them, I, got, I withdrew a lot of money. I left it with $16. $16, one six, right? And I said, right. we'll see what we will do by the end of the week by the grace of God, all right? So I was trading with them live and all of that stuff. And I was showing them some setups and some patterns that I see in the markets. And then uh, at the end of the week, so I started trading on the Tuesday. By Friday, I made $4,000. Nice. This is not what okay. this is not one of those set like if it was a sales pitch, this would be everywhere on YouTube. I told everyone, don't say anything because people will just annoy me. I want to make that kind of mm-hmm. money, but they don't want to put the work in. Um, but right. they saw it live and I withdrew it and I said, Look, this is the power of what Forex can do. So don't tell me that you only have a hundred dollars so you can't make money. You need to be able to put in the time to be able to do what I do. Right. And so just this week, I uh, did the same thing with my guys in Ghana, had a $200 account, and now it's up to about uh, $3,000 just in a few okay. days. If you want to there be you like go. me, right. you want the prize, you have to pay the price. And that is right. the time that I put in, the effort that I put in to study the markets, and the consistency to, do, to, to, to follow through with just one particular strategy. Um, and right. so, yeah, that, that's what my mentorship is all about. Okay. And and now this is going to be um, a loaded question a little bit. Um, have you looked at uh, the patterns to try to create a system that kind of automates the process? Have you thought about I, that? Have you looked I, at that? I believe in automation. Um, I'm not an automated type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, all automate, automated systems eventually fail. Mm. Um, it's a sad truth. It's the reality of it. And I think what, why people go to automation, they, they make the claim that they don't have time. Um, but I truly believe it's that they don't have the ability within themselves to believe that they can do it. Okay. And so it, it all comes down to your education. And if you see these patterns in the market, you'll be able to make money. It's just about what pattern do you need to see? And so I have different like schooling things called boot camps and mastery courses and all that stuff. And normally a three-day education seminar with me, you can read the charts. doesn't matter if you haven't had experience before. doesn't matter if you're six or 60. It's just about recognizing what you need at your level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your yeah, automation is cute, but I haven't seen a system or a software that has been consistent. Three months, yes, it's doing good. But all it takes is one bad trade because the robot can't detect emotion. It can't detect what's happening in the world. It's going to put in a trade and it will just blow everything. So I, I stay far, 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 far uh, away from so that. No, like, so not even in the terms of scalability things or anything like that? Just No, it's- I mean, if, if, if you know what you're doing, what you can do is you can make several accounts. So divide your investment into maybe five or six investments mm-hmm. and you can copy trade which means that okay. what you're doing on you can do on your other accounts. Your other accounts, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and that can work well, uh, provided that you stay consistent over time. Um, but anything to do with a robot, uh, I don't trade indicators or anything like that. I just trade mm-hmm. the patterns I see on the chart. And, and that will be much use, much more useful than just... Um, Having AI do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what I'd like to put out there is that maybe one day, if you guys are free, uh, I would like to take you guys through a session, just the, the, the four of yeah. us, to yeah. actually show you what I see. All right, and yeah, so we're, we're in. Yeah, we're in. We, we, yeah, we love learning. We love, um, you know, 
testing things. I mean, not saying that you haven't tested. Obviously, you tested, but we haven't, right? So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. we love just exploring new things and uh, new opportunities. And uh, absolutely. I, yeah, cool. And you can give a review on your, your later podcast. And, and absolutely. 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 So guys, well, we, can do, we, we can do better than that, Rodney. We can What's do that? that, and then we can put in our funds, and we yeah. can follow. And this is if you guys agree, because you guys know how I'm, we, we all move. We can do but updates. If we, if, yeah, if we had a diversified game account, right. um, that would be that would be kind of cool to sh- and to show the people that yeah, this is a podcast, and we have the YouTube, which the audience isn't great on right, YouTube, right. but on Apple Music, we're top one hundred, right. and. And that we can just not talk about business, but we can meet other people and do the business, and and, and that'll be that'll be cool. I think we could do that a couple of times over, Rodney. That's a great idea. Yeah, um, cool. Thank you. I'd probably do a 4x. I'd say do 4x updates with Rodney, probably like every so often. Just hey, the sure. accounts this based on a couple of things we did here, and and use it as not only um you know, a case study, but also um, uh, like a testimony at the same time. Like, hey, yeah, this, is, sure. this is what's actually happening. And we're, you know, we're U.S. citizens. Like, this isn't a, a third world trick that it, it looks mm-hmm. like the money or it can actually uh, be done and uh, done by uh, uh, black guys, like pretty much. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't see, you don't see a lot of black people doing that, you know? Yeah. So, all right, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. For um, sure, for sure. Now, now, before we sign off um, or anything like that, um, any closing questions, guys? Um, before we uh, before we uh, go, I'm let Al talk. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah I, have, I got I have one for you. Um, I have one for you, Rodney. Um. Yep. What should one what should one keep in mind um, transitioning in out of and around adversity, considering your experiences like you've literally been able to turn uh the lemon not only into lemonade but take those seeds, plant a lemon tree now you got a lemon juice factory you got you know. <laughs> Uh, I think the one thing that I have to remind myself was that no one was there when I heard God speak to me about a particular thing. And any any vision that you have is going to sound crazy to other people. I mean, when Noah was building an ark, there was no sense of rain whatsoever. I'm sure his family thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, going to the airport with my mom, and I originally told her that, look, I'm going for a few weeks and I'm coming back. It was at the airport. That's when I said the tickets and open return. I don't know if I'm coming back. And I left with zero dollars, pretty much. So I spent my last withdrawal money on, on, on getting a ticket out here. And from there, it's really been by faith since. Uh, and I've been in Africa wow. for nearly a year. And people are now contacting me saying, dude, how are you surviving there? Even my mother, a Ghana, born in Ghana and everything, cannot stay in Ghana more than a month. She goes, son, I don't know what you are taking there, but I am so proud of you. And so <laughs> wow. I think the criticism you have when you start out in your journey should be a sign that you're called to that particular thing. I don't think people should take it as a form of discouragement. I think they should take it as, you know what? 
them not believing means that there are less distractions for me to tell people about my updates on my journey. I didn't have to tell right. people I was doing good. People could, can see I am doing good. You know, rent a year for a decent two-bedroom, three-bedroom house is about $3,000 a year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm business. Right. Um, that's focusing on men's care. So it's going to be a barbershop. It's going to have tailoring. It's going to have um, uh, shoe repairs and all that stuff in the one place. And I'm paid 12 months rent. And um, 12 months rent was about $2,800 for, for the actual space. There and now I'm, I'm hiring two, two guys that are going to be my barbers. And I said, okay, what you get? Normally they get 400 CDs uh, a month, which is about $80. Mm-hmm. And they said, look, if you can make, give us 600 CDs a month, which is $130 a month, we would be so grateful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm already like looking at this like, oh, snap. Okay, well, $130 a month for two people. And right. I'll probably be making four or five times that amount every single month. It's, it's beautiful here. I, oh, can I, you repeat I, that? You said, <laughs> uh, you said, uh, you said 130 a month, and then you'll probably be making what? About four times that amount. What? Just there on the barbering go. service alone. Mm-hmm. Just on the just yeah, just on barbering alone. So, I I don't have any issues, and I think uh, the 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 number one thing I'll leave is that I came to Africa to change the mis- misconceptions about Africa. We are not savages. Uh, right. And we deserve every bit of love like every other part of the world is getting. So if my journey can inspire other people who feel the call to come back home and are scared because of what people think, I'm just letting them know that I've done it and I'm doing it and my story's not over yet. And I'm sure as the years go by, I want to become a legend in, in, in this place. I want a statue next to Kwame Nkrumah. I want, to, I want people to know that, you know what, there was once upon a time a guy came and he restored the economy of our country. That's, that's where I'm heading right now. Nice. Awesome. And uh, Kel, you have you have a closer? Well, I just want to close with Rodney, please, because I, I want the footage, if nothing else, document every step of the way, because you got a movie. I mean, you have a YouTube channel for sure that mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, black YouTube they say um, our firm represents um, a good amount. Sometimes I think they're hating when they tell me that because I can hear it in their voice. We got all the black YouTube locked up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. please document that because if it didn't, if it's not documented, it's like it didn't happen. And that's one happen, thing yeah. that Europeans did well. I mean, we mm-hmm. we tell stories, you know, and, and that's right. what we do as people. But we got to now with film. And even just podcasts like this document that journey so it can be replicated by the next, you know, by the 12-year-old. That's when I wrote my first book. I was like, I'm writing it for the 12 or 14-year-old who wants to do Christian music but can't afford thousands of dollars a month to pay somebody to help them. And even the big artists sometimes don't (laughs) want to pay that. So please document that. If you don't know what to do with it, you know, send it to me because from Amazon Prime to Netflix, they need to see this. Right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and you got a book. You know, you got books in you and yeah, mm-hmm. all that. Oh yeah. I've got I've got stories to tell. Next for another podcast, I'll let you know of all yes. the arrests and uh near deportations and having a right. knife pull up and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I'm, no, I'm definitely man. looking forward.
And uh, my closer is typically uh, what is your like philanthropic charitable give back through all of your successes? Um, what is your charitable give back? Um, but I do want to say it sounds like you kind of already answered that throughout your entire interview um, because you are not only teaching people so that they can help themselves, which is it's not it's not even like a charity. You're not just giving um, you're giving with a, a sustainable mind, you know, um, and then you're also, uh, you know, essentially rebuilding an economy or or, or enhancing an economy um, in Africa. So, I mean, I think you you, you are the give back. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even... I'm actually starting something uh, next week or the week after, after my okay. Forex um, convention. And that is um, going to a wholesaler and buying okay. like chips and chewing gums and all those things. Um, yep. Street selling is a very, very big thing. So when you're in mm. traffic, you have a whole bunch of people selling like bread and chewing gum right. and all these things. And a thing that I was thinking about doing, which I'm in the process of, is going to a wholesaler and buying maybe $500 worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. And just going to different homeless people and saying, this is your business now. Right. This is what it costs to get this. This is where you go get it from. The rest is profit. Do whatever you want. Right. Um, because I know of a guy that's selling coconuts and he's mm-hmm. putting his whole family through school. So that wow. gave me the idea of, okay, well, that can actually help people. Um, right. So, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of entre- entrepreneurship. Um, okay. Every class. Wow. Okay. Well then that is, that is beautiful. Um, and that, that sums it up. That answers our question. And, um, Rodney, before you sign off, is there any last message you want to give to people before we uh, wrap this up? Um, I guess the final thing is that if, if you are a believer out there, just pray for me. Uh, this is not <laughs> the easiest journey, um, by, by any means. It's not as glamorous as I put on social media. Uh, and there are a lot of trying times, um, but I believe that God has got me. And um, I know that if you are in a similar position, whatever it is, maybe it's not coming to Africa, but maybe you want to open your own hairline or you want to uh, be a marriage counselor or, or do all, anything that you want to do, you can do it. I know it sounds generic and cliche um, mm. because you hear, oh, if I, if I can do it, anyone can, but you really can. Uh, you really can. So, no matter what, just don't give up. And in the process, pray for me um, mm. as I continue the good works. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified, online, diversifiedgames.com. In your life with the people around you and or join our Patreon and get some nice perks for being involved. If you found a nugget and or like today's episode, you might as well leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might as well share it. If you share it, you might as well subscribe. And as always, thanks for your support. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and A.L. The number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and lots, fish and grits. 
Be sure to visit DiversifyGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.